Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Act, your location for all things NEU athletics. I am your host, Brendan Martin. Join with me, as always, my co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Good, man. Just happy to be here another week. That's right. Sorry for a little late. Uh, had a few communication difficulties, but we are here, and it gives us even more of an excuse to get you the news uh, as quickly as we can. But first, we have a very special guest for the first time on the show. He is the assistant sports director for KJAC. He is one of the reasons why we were able to get this show to you. Hello, Arthur Meyer. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. It's always fun being here, being live in the booth again. Sadly, couldn't do that last semester, but now we're back and this is a great show. Glad to finally be on it. Absolutely. We're, we're super happy to have you on. All right, let's get underway into some Northern Arizona athletic news. Starting off with a an, an NEU volleyball doubleheader that took place over the, uh, a few days ago on Wednesday. These games were both scheduled to happen earlier in the week on, I believe, Sunday and Monday earlier in the week. However, due to uh, uh, rough weather in Greeley, Colorado, where the games took place, they were delayed and had it uh, and had to occur on Wednesday. Both of them happening on happening on the same day. Let's get into the first game that happened bright and early, 11 a.m. in the morning, uh, where it was a close one. Northern Colorado coming in hot, so as well as Northern Arizona, but in this one. Northern Colorado took the win three sets to two, taking home the sets 25 25-26, 17-25, 25-21, and 15-7. Uh, some leaders for uh, Northern Arizona, starting off sophomore outside hitter Taylor, Taylor Jacobson had a team high of 19.5 points, including 17 kills, 13 digs, and a hitting percentage of .245, as well as senior opposite hitter Heaven Harris, who's been uh, a huge star for this team so far this season. Coming in with 13 points, 11 kills, uh, four digs, and a hitting percentage of .207. But Northern Colorado came out with the win uh, thanks to some, to some stellar play from sophomore outside hitter Rachel Hickman with 21.5 points, 17 kills, eight digs on a .350 hitting percentage, and redshirt senior Lauren Lauren Heinrichs with 13.5 points, 13 kills, two digs, and a hitting percentage of .435. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. We talked about volleyball uh, a few weeks ago. There, these, these are the last two games of the regular season. What are your thoughts on this, this first game? Well, we mentioned it last week coming into this one, uh, facing the defending conference champs, it's going to be a tough one. And coming right out the bat after uh, the first set, you saw it's going to be 27-25, and it's definitely going to be a battle throughout. And that's kind of what happened. And it didn't turn out in NAU's favor, but it's hard fought. I mean... Well, since we've been talking about volleyball, we've talked about these th the same three players through the whole time, and they continue to do produce and have good numbers and just play their game. And I mean, hopefully, I mean, since we got the four seed heading into the tournament, hopefully that makes some good things come. Yeah, definitely. Look, uh, looking forward to seeing that tournament. But let's go to Arthur. Arthur, what are your thoughts on this volleyball team so far after this regular season? And what are your thoughts specifically on this first game? Yeah, this team is, they're, they're a good team for sure. I really have enjoyed watching them throughout this season. And then this game started off playing very well in this first game on um, Wednesday. And they went and played great defensively as best as we've seen them. I mean, 18 blocks on the game, total with uh, up to 73 digs, played very, very well defensively. However, this Northern Colorado team is extremely good like you guys said defending conference champs and now NAU's got a tough battle coming up through the conference tournament yeah definitely looking at some team stats here uh northern Col the northern colorado bears out aced the northern arizona lumberjacks eight to three 
But NEU, like you said, bringing up defense, had 18 blocks compared to Northern Colorado's seven. So, I mean, it just, just goes to show this is a very close close game. Went down to the wire. NEU took the, the first set. So they clearly looked like they were ready to go. Uh, despite you know the the, the delays and uh, having you know, being a road game in general is always going to be pretty tough, but I mean you look at their what, how well they did in these past few games. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, they beat they beat Weber State, who were undefeated going into that game. So far, that's Weber State's only loss. Uh, so clearly, NEU is able to stack up against the best of the best in the conference, and you know with the Big Sky Conference actually happening in Greeley at Northern Colorado, uh, they got a bit of a taste of what to expect. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, they don't have like a ton of momentum coming into the tournament right now. It's kind of been up and down these last like four or five games, like two, three series, whatever it's been. But they've proven over the whole year that they can be a good team with solid offense, solid defense, and all that. So I'm not really typically, I'm not really worried about the, how the tournament's going to go. I feel like they're still going to make a big run and hopefully win the whole thing. Certainly. All right. No, like we said, this was a doubleheader uh, due to uh, delays due to weather. Uh, so let's get into the second game that happened later that night at 6 p.m. Where I got the I got the chance to cover this one for the Lumberjack. Uh, if you have the chance, go over to jackcenter.org. You can look at that recap. I will go over all, all the things that happened in that game. But there really wasn't much to cover because this was quite a blowout. Uh, the Bears uh, beat down the Lumberjacks uh, three sets to nothing. 25-18, uh, 25-20, and 25-15. Uh, and some names that you didn't see in that first in that first match really came to show uh, in that second match, including senior athlete hitter Taylor Muffs, who really was like a non-factor in that in that first game. I think believe she had a, a negative hitting percentage in that first game, but she was able to come out hot with a, with a game high 15 point, 15 and a half points, 15 kills, nine of those kills coming in the third and final set. So she really came up big where she needed to. She also had six bigs and point, uh, 0.275 hitting percentage. Senior uh, center Daisy Schultz also had a huge night. While she only had seven points, she had a total of 29 assists. She al- alone was able to single-handedly out-assist the NEU team, who only had 26 assists. Uh, junior defensive specialist Kendall Feather also out-aced NEU uh, single-handedly. She got four aces. NEU as a whole team only got three. And it was a huge night for Northern Colorado considering it was their senior night. You know. We talk about how you know there's no fans uh, in much of these uh, venues. I, don't, I believe there were zero fans at the at Northern Colorado for this match. So just the idea of having your senior night in a situation like this and still being able to perform is quite amazing. See. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as like not as the, on the level, but like as a former athlete, like senior night just gets you hyped up and ready to play. So I mean, that kind of looks like it's what happened right here. One of these ones, they just were more ready to play, more excited, a lot more energy. Than NAU and that's what it turned it out on the scoreboard. Yeah, playing someone against playing against someone on their senior night is one of the toughest things you can do. Whether the team's not at your level or better than you, it's really tough. Something I experienced in high school. Uh, lost to a team we shouldn't have on their senior night, but I mean, they really Northern Colorado the Bears just came out and dominated this. Like you guys have said, they just went out in every facet of the game was dominant definitely you can definitely you can see that you know having to go the full five sets in the first in the first match earlier in the day really takes a terror uh, wear and tear out of the team we saw substitutions coming in in that second game uh that we usually wouldn't see players you know getting some more minutes some other players you know resting some more so that begs the question i know obviously 
scheduling in terms of sports has gone out of whack in the past year with COVID. But also being in the Big Sky Conference, uh, you're definitely going to be prone to seeing some weather delays, whether you be an outdoor team or you're an indoor team and you just travel so bad. Like we saw that with uh, when women's basketball went up, up to Portland to take on Portland State and they couldn't get to the to the venue safely. So they decided to delay the game. This ha- The same case happened here. I know that, you know, this, this is natural. This is something you're going to see in sports. But I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that doubleheaders, uh, especially, you know, maybe this late in the season, could they be harmful for, for a team? I'm personally all for doubleheaders. Like, on occasions, yeah, obviously not. You don't want them every, like, two weeks or something like that. They'll just kill your team's, like, energy and all that. But every once in a while, I kind of think it's just fun. Like, weather it's like the weather that made it happen or whatever it was like it's kind of just like throws a little wrinkle in there and it kind of makes it fun and makes you see what your team has i think it's a good way to actually like you said see what your team has however i i can't stand double headers i don't think it's a true testament of how good your team is because you're so used to you know every week you get a certain amount of days to prepare and then this time you only have hours to prepare for the next game sure you just saw that team beforehand but they're going to try and attack you in a different way, as the same as you're going to attack them in a different way. So it's that not only is it going to not show how your team truly is, but I do think it's kind of harmful. I mean, it's going to especially clear record uh, to a lot of these teams. Like we saw NAU in this one, their defense was not the same as the first game. I mean, first game, 17 blocks, this game only five. It was just it showed that they definitely weren't the same team after playing only th- four hours beforehand. Yeah, definitely. And to to go off that point, you know, doubleheaders, they're going to be tough. There's something that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to be able to manage uh, and be able to deal with. Uh, like, it's easy for us, uh, you know, for the Lumberjacks to say, oh, we shouldn't have had a doubleheader, you know, because la- those those were their last games of the year. And they don't have to play until the, the Big Sky Tournament, which is at the end of the month on the 31st. Whereas the Bears, on the other hand, they still have one more series to go. They have to go up to Idaho this weekend and finish out their regular season. So, you know, maybe if they wanted to split the games, maybe one on Thursday or one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, that would make a lot of sense if you're the Lumberjacks. But, you know, if you're a team like the Bears who is going to have to have a, twi- a quick turnaround, go from Greeley, Colorado, go all the way up to Idaho in a short amount of span, only on a few days rest, it's certainly tough to see. I just hope that, you know, we can find ways to, you know, smooth out the schedule, schedule a little more. Obviously, COVID, when, whenever that's said and done, hopefully we're on the downswing of COVID. Uh, you know, schedules will be a lot easier to manage, but at the same time, you know, doubleheaders are still going to be uh, a thing no matter what conference you are, no matter, you know, whatever circumstances come come about. It just, you know, you hope you don't have to see them, but like you said, Nick, they're just, they're, they're a way to see what your team's really made of. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, like you said, I think it's once next year's volleyball season comes around and all that, I feel like COVID is going to be gone and everything will be back to normal. It'll be if they ever do have a doubleheader, it'll be like a scheduled doubleheader. And it's much easier to plan for. Yeah, definitely. So with that, the NEU Lumberjacks, their their volleyball season has completed has been has concluded. Uh they finished out with a record of nine and five. However, that is with a three game losing streak to end it out there. Uh they're currently, as of today, sitting fourth in the in the conference. We'll see how that shakes up by the end of this weekend once everyone plays the regular season games. But they're behind, right behind Northern Colorado, who they had a chance to tie up. Uh, in this doubleheader, uh, Montana State in second right now at ten and two, and Weber State uh, coming in at thirteen and one is still on top. Introducing, like we said, Weber State's only loss of you know, the season has been to NEU, uh, going back to last year when the Bears they won it last uh, 
in the last tournament. The only conference loss they had was also to the Lumberjacks. So this NU team knows like how to get under good team skins, and uh, I think that we're we're bound to see them go pretty deep in the, tar- in the tournament. Yeah, and if uh, if we're beating these teams that end up winning the whole thing, I mean, uh, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I didn't know that a little nugget, but um, it makes me a little excited on the inside. Definitely. And with that, uh, keep an eye out for more volleyball. Like I said, NEU, their season's done. They're going to have this weekend off, but get, they're going to have to get ready for uh, the Big Sky Tournament happening in Greeley, Colorado on March 31st, all the way to, I believe, April 2nd. So we'll keep an, keep an eye out for that. We'll keep you up to date on all things volleyball. But with that, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to be talking about uh NAU soccer that just got under- underway they had a game today that went very well for them listening uh to the axe on klj's lp flagstaff on uh on uh uh 107.1 radio we'll be right back and welcome back to the axe on klj's lp in flagstaff you listen to kjack radio uh we just talked about uh northern arizona volleyball ending their season on a bit of a downturn but let's get into a season that just got underway being NAU soccer, uh, they came in uh, uh, last week with their first home game uh, against Weber State. This one, under well, it's a home game under some very specific circumstances. This one took place at Flagstaff High School uh, in some rough weather. Uh, Nick, you went out to cover this game for the Lumberjack. It was your first recap for the Lumberjack. Congratulations to that. Uh, it was. A, I, I have to apologize for. I feel like I gave you kind of a tough one, uh, considering that there were no live staff at the, at the event. You're out in the cold. It was snowing here in Flagstaff uh, that, this past weekend. It was windy as 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 a tornado. So, yeah, but you you managed to get it done. Yeah, you get uh, the kid from Chandler, Arizona. It's never been in the cold. You get the <laughs> coldest game possible. I saw. I got there and I was like, okay, it's like 35, sure, whatever. And then I sit down on the stands, and then it's 17 mile an hour winds, and I'm like, okay, I kind of want to just go home and <laughs> like just just leave and no recap for anybody at this point. But I mean, I'm glad I stuck around and saw a good game. So. Yeah, you definitely did. Like I said, you, you wrote the recap. You can catch that on uh, jackcentral.org. Uh, this one was their first home game. They did have a game scheduled on Friday. However, because of the snow that came pouring down over the weekend, that game got canceled. But they did manage to play a game uh, on Sunday against Weber State, where the conditions certainly played a factor. It was uh, not, a, not a high-scoring game, but NAU did take the win one to nothing. Uh uh, thanks to a goal at the very beginning of the second half from a junior, Madison Montgomery was her first goal of the year. Uh, she was able to knock a goal right off the right post and roll it in. She almost had a, an identical goal uh, 20 minutes later, but that one rolled the wrong way. Uh, so, like I said, very low scoring game. Uh, but Nick, I just I want to ask you again, like how big of a factor were those con- those rough conditions? Like you said, I mean, I would say, I mean, obviously it's a factor because of the cold and everything, but. I think both teams handled it very well. I mean, it also, you could have seen, like, they look like they were in a winter storm on the sidelines, both teams with these big jackets and just everything they could imagine on. But, I mean, just when it came to it, like, NAU, like, they just really, like, took it to Weber State from the jump. It was like, so I'm sitting here and I'm looking on the right side of the field and I feel like I looked for the right side of the field for the whole first half of the game. Just nothing on Weber State's side. It was just pretty, it was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Go, going to you, Arthur. You know, you you've been around uh, the sports program here and you for a little while now. Uh, you see, I'm sure you've seen quite a bit out of NEU soccer. Uh, what are your expectations for them this year as we as the season's gotten underway? And you know, given that they've gotten off to a good start, you know, how how do you think they can improve? Uh, I think they're going to consistently improve throughout this season. I mean, 
these players they've uh they've all played very well already they the only loss coming to arizona a big school you know that kind of expected but went down beat gcu down in phoenix now beat uh weaver state and southern utah back to back they should do fairly well throughout this big sky especially with them only playing uh four big sky teams total throughout the season i mean they should expect to have a good season and look for them to run a, make a deep playoff run i think oh, oh yeah De- they're definitely going to make something it's just going to the cd's games and then i'm covering the next one on sunday they're just it's really exciting i mean madison Montgomery, she's something she's something to watch i mean she's really aggressive like the whole team's super aggressive but like her and she scored this she scored a goal in the game on sunday and then a couple today we'll get to later but like she's just she's a ball hawk and she, they all know what they're doing and it's kind of crazy but like and not to give just all the credit to the offense, the defense in that game was outstanding. I know, like I said, they didn't like cross the field, whatever. But then once they started, like they made some subs and like they started getting some offense going. And our defense, Emma Robinson and Sydney Dennis, just shut them down. It was crazy. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to see, you know, when you have a, a strong defense as any of you have looked to have in these past few games, it gives it gives um, their goalie a lot of rest as well. Making sure that they're only they're there whenever they need to be. Um, you know, whenever your your goalie has doesn't have that many saves, it's a good sign because you're not you're not allowing shots, especially when uh, your team comes out on top. So that's great to see the goal. Uh, the goalie's been uh, great so far, we'll, and we'll get to see. Hopefully, we we get to see more of her, but we don't because we don't want them taking shots uh, at the uh, at their at the goalie. But let's get into the game that happened just today, earlier today uh, in the morning at Cedar City, Utah against the Southern. Utah Thunderbirds. This one was a lot more exciting. I'm assuming that you know they didn't have to deal with the same weather conditions as as uh, the Lumberjacks did last weekend. But but anyways, the Lumberjacks still took out the win with a score of three to two. Uh, there's a lot of good highlights in here, so let's get into it. Madison Montgomery, as you said, who scored against Weber State, also scored here early. Her second goal in the 25th minute. The way she did it, she sort of like took it under her own. I would say her own hands for her own feet uh, to, to sort of like push her way through the defense. Uh, the defense was expecting a foul uh, to be called. No, no foul was called, and they gave her the point. Uh, going into uh, into the halftime, they had the one nothing lead, but Southern Utah looked to come out strong after the half uh, with sophomore wing Cameron Farrow scoring a penalty kick in the 47th minute off a uh, so the penalties. So a nice easy goal there. Penalties, of course, have been the the burden of many teams in soccer throughout you know every level. So you also want to uh, take advantage of those when you can. Uh, so it was pretty back and forth, you know, in this game uh, in terms of possession. Uh, NAU and senior midfielder Kayla T- uh, Tarun scored a goal in the 62nd minute, giving NAU the lead again. But it would be very quick for, uh, for junior defender Rachel Hunt to score probably one of the most beautiful goals I've seen uh, ever scored, which was a curve, basically a quarter kick curve, uh, into the goal to tie the game. So this game looked like it was going to head to overtime. I think both teams were evenly matched, but however. A uh, a foul called uh, in the in the in the goal box in minute eighty one gave Montgomery a chance to score and take the win, which she did. The penalty was on Kennedy Jex of the Thunderbirds, and she got a red card. It was her second penalty, so she had to come out. And the Lower Jacks took the win, three to two. Nick, what were your thoughts on this game? Well, I mean, just to like go back on the last game real quick. Uh, when the start gets down to the end, Weber State had the same thing happen, but they got a penalty in the box and they couldn't get their corner kick off. So I guess I'm, 
this one it's kind of like uh the soccer gods give it and the soccer gods take it away so we could we could score and get that pk and win the game so it's really exciting i mean obviously we talked about any any time an nau team wins it's going to be a good day <laughs> that's for sure arthur what are your thoughts on this uh one more high, high scoring game man oh man what an exciting game it was though i mean Coming down the wire, I thought it was a very great game. NAU, I mean, nine shots on target compared to uh, Southern Utah only having three. That's you got to be happy with the defense on that. However, those three shots on target, two of them still got in. Only one save there coming from NAU. NAU still got to be happy with coming out with this win. Big win, big job of stepping up in the clutch, and that's that's huge. If you got a team who can step up late in the game and nail those crucial moments like this penalty kick that that's going to help you later in the season definitely like you mentioned about you know getting those saves shot selection was a huge part of this game you're only, only taking shots that you know you're gonna you're gonna be able to hit that's great to see you see a lot of shots you know maybe in desperation midfielders will just try and launch the ball over from you know basically midfield and it's sort it goes you know 10 20 feet over to goal so it's nice to see a clean game like this one where you know shots were efficient shots were going in and they're still playing aggressively as well. Yeah, and they're just breaking down the defense. Like every shot or on on target or not, it's just breaking down their their defense, their goalie. They're it's just breaking them around, and it's going to make it easy to score. And that's obviously what happened later in the game. Definitely. And so looking at the season, the season just started. Uh, uh, women's soccer is going to have a few more games. We'll get into their schedule uh, at the end of the show. But, you know, like you said, Arthur, about their schedule and their Big Sky uh, competitors, from what you've seen in past seasons, uh, is there a, a particular player that has been around for a while that's, you know, kind of been chomping at the bit to get to get in there? Um, there's definitely a few I can think of. Um, obviously, we've already seen Madison Montgomery come up big so far. Um, but this NEU team, they've always been built on having a lot of younger players on their team so far. And... We've seen that become consistency, and then these younger players have grown into their uh, level. Uh, there's a couple players I can think of. First of all, like I said, Madison Montgomery. Now she's a junior and playing well. Um, Abby Donovan, she, I actually knew her. She lived right next door to me my freshman year of high school, of college. Uh, she's played, uh, she scored the first goal of the season for NAU, and I think she's someone chomping at the bitch defenseman. Uh, Jumping at the bit to get something going and get uh, be a factor on the team. Yeah, they also got senior uh, midfielder Paige Malling. She she was all over the field in these last two games, just making things happen, playing good defense, getting back, transition, all that. She's really great. So I mean, she, the, that like senior leadership in the midfield is really going to help out. Definitely, I think they have they have the coach to do it. I think Coach Lowe, I think has uh, the experience to do so. I think that there's a, there's a good rapport there with uh, her and her players. Uh, hope I think that's what's gonna you know make or break most teams. You know your your connection uh, with the coach and uh, with the with the staff. You know, they've already seen some early success here. Now it just really comes down to being able to to, to bring it in, hone it, hone it down, and just you know be able to get the job done whenever it needs to be to be done. You know whether you know who knows what drills they need to run if they need to be out if they're running their drills outside to get ready for you know any tough tougher weather hopefully that doesn't seem to be to be the case going forward as we get closer into the spring into the summer but you know you, ne you never know what's going to happen like we said schedules are, are basically you know fluid at this point where a game can get canceled a game can get postponed and who knows maybe you're seeing a double header or maybe a back-to-back -back even 
Yeah, that'd be something. I'd be, yeah, I'd be down. I mean, it, it was a fun game, but like double headers in soccer, that'd that, be that's something different. Yeah, that's, that's something that you you got to play people who haven't played all season. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that that doesn't have to be the case. But who knows? We'll have to just wait and see. Uh, with that, that has been our talk on women's soccer. When we come back, uh, we will talk about men's tennis and a little bit about uh, a little bit about cross country winning a national championship. But before we do, I want to thank Arthur Mar for being here. Arthur, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for allowing the show to happen. Uh, and of course, you're welcome back here anytime. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Uh, you guys have done a great job with the show, and I'm really excited we've got this going. Awesome. I'm super excited to be here. All right. With that, we'll be right back. We'll be talking about uh, NEU men's tennis getting their first one of the season. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Axe, your location for Northern Arizona University Athletics. And once again, I want to thank Arthur for being here. He was an excellent guest. Right now, it's just me and Nick. Let's get into, again, another sport that we really haven't gone to, at least on the men's side, that or that being men's tennis. Uh, they, rec- they recently uh, had their match on Tuesday at the University of San Francisco, where they were looking to get their first win. And unfortunately, it did not happen there. They lost the match by a score of two to five. Going into the doubles matches, uh, they split the two, du- they split the first two double matches, so meaning uh, it was best of three, so they had to get one more doubles match in order to get the win. Unfortunately, that fell to the University of San Francisco uh, by a score of six to four in that final one. Uh, so, like we mentioned this before uh, with women's tennis, but we, you know, the tennis, you know, scoring works is doubles point, doubles teams. There's three doubles matches, uh, best of three. Whoever gets best of three in those matches gets one point towards their, their overall team score. So, you know, that gives San Francisco one point. And then you go into the to six singles matches and each and every one of those matches are worth a point. So, you know, a team can sweep and get all, all six of them. A team, maybe one player loses one of them and they only get one point and the team gets five. So it's a little bit confusing, but uh, with that, it, it kind of just goes to show that, you know, while a game may look close or may look like a blowout, you know, you, you have to kind of dive deep and to see exactly uh, how far, uh, you know, how tough those matches were. So going into some matches, uh, starting off with singles, um, one of the only winners of the of the game of the night for NEU was Yvonne Stryker Miads, who came in winning the uh, the first match seven uh, five and then sweeping the second set six zero, and the other NEU player to come home with the win. It took place in a tiebreaker round, that being uh, Macy Ziamber. Uh, again, apologies if I'm mispronouncing these names, but he came in uh, losing the first set in a tiebreaker 7-6, coming back to win 6-3 and winning the third set 10-8. So, Nick, I'm not sure how much you followed uh, men's tennis, but what do you think about this performance specifically about their game against San Francisco? I mean, the game against San Francisco is really just uh, not very good. I mean, we lost 5-2, obviously, so it sucks we lost 5-2, but I mean, look, and then as you were talking about, like, looking at scores deeper, it wasn't really close on those games we lost either. So really, it was kind of just like a blowout. And it kind of, it, it really sucked. I mean, because we were starting the year off 0-5 with this loss. And we played like like three or four of the top like teams in the country, like really good teams. So you can't really expect like too much. But like losing a game like this to San Francisco, losing as bad as we did on some of the games, it's really just not, like it doesn't make me hopeful for the future. As much as I want to be. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at this matchup, this is the first time actually in history that both these teams ever ever played against each other, which is very interesting to see that. And then it kind of like punches a hole in the argument about elevation. Of course, we talk about it all the time on the show how much elevation helps uh, the NEU teams. We see that with the women's team apparently. But you know, having seeing the men's team uh, go on to this, you know, California swing. They played against uh, San Francisco. We'll talk about the game uh, against Sacramento State uh, next on the show. But you know, they're going into California. They're going to San Francisco, pretty much right, you know, right by the ocean. So you know, if you feel like they should have the advantage in terms of elevation, clearly it just didn't seem to be the case. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm not like a health or something. <laughs> but like, if you're going, if you're going down right next to sea level at some point, maybe it's maybe it's not good, and that's maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Uh, like I'd say, I'd have to do some research on that, but I could see it happening. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And you also, I mean, we can't really like just go to games and relying on like our elevation to bring us out a win. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta play better. Definitely, and it's certainly something that uh, they look to hone down, hone in for. Maybe you know, travel. It was a, it was a road game, so you know, travel played a part of it. They, but you know, they were in this this in this road trip that they were on. They had two games in northern Northern California, San Francisco and Sacramento. So you know, being the, the travel being able to travel from SF to Sacramento should be pretty easy, right? I mean, it's not like that's not a long long drive at all. I know I'm from I'm from SoCal, so I don't know, you know exactly how long it is, but I know it's not that you know that crazy. Um, so let's very quickly get into the the, the match that happened the following day on Wednesday. So it's back to back. Where you went on went to take on uh, Big Sky rival Sacramento State. And this one, NEU was able to, to come out with their first win of the year, winning four points to three. This one coming down to the wire uh, in the last in their last match against San Francisco. They lost all three of the doubles matches. Uh, in this one, they split them. They split the first two, but they still came out well, with a loss. The only NEU team to win in the doubles was Daniel D- the, the duo of Daniel Dillon and Macy Ziamber winning six to three. Over oh, the other ones, lost at um, lost. Uh, six to seven and six to four. So fairly close, not blowouts by any stretch of the uh, any stretch of the imagination. But let's get into the one match that decided it all. Uh, at this time, uh, the score was three to three. Uh, so looking at this final game, obviously since this was the game still going on because all six games happened at the same time in terms of single matches, this one was going on for quite a while. That being between uh, Michael, I'm going to apologize if I mispronounce Michael. Vizcara of Sacramento State and Chris Steele of NAU, where Chris Steele came in with the win. Uh, he dropped the first set, but uh, he came back to win the second set, six to two and six to four. And man, I don't know if you guys follow the uh, NAU men's Instagram account uh, or any of their social media, but you know, seeing that him get that final point and get the win, it looked like the team had just won like the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, <laughs> Super Bowl is a good comparison. To that the weight lifted off the shoulder for sure. I mean. The coach did an interview and saying like this win came at the right time because just the, their morale was kind of like low at that point after winning some or losing all these games, but coming back and winning that it was great. I mean, a hard fought, especially on that Chris Steele's match, but everybody else they were close games too. So it was it was nice to see they came out and won you know, like a gritty, tough type of win, and it's good to see that they can do that. Yeah, that's great momentum to have, especially. But now that they're coming back home, they've been on this road trip for for quite a while. Looking at their their schedule, um, like I said, we had they had San Francisco, uh, and then they had Sacramento State. Uh, these are their first road games since going back to February when they got blown out by 
the University of Arizona seven to nothing in both of their matches yeah, in the on, in the same day, no less. So again, double headers being being a uh, the bane of Lumberjacks' existence. But now they get to come back at home. They have a three game home stretch uh, on March twenty fourth, Wednesday at ten a.m. They have Seattle University. Uh, then after that, two days later on March twenty sixth, they have, they have Ohio Idaho State University, and then they wrap up the, they wrap up their homestead uh, the following day on the twenty seventh uh, against Weber State University. Uh, so, you know, we talk about elevation all the time, yada yada yada. Who cares, right? You know, as long as long as you're playing well, you should be able to overcome whether you're, you have the quote unquote advantage over elevation or not. But now they're coming into this uh, home stretch, looking to really, you know, bring the momentum back, turn their season around. Right now, they just got their first win, so they're at one and six overall. But they did win their first mat, their first conference match, uh, which is great to see. They're gonna have a few more of those going forward. But after this home stretch, you get into April, you see. They have a six-game road trip to end the season out before Big Sky Big Sky tournament play. Um, you know, so they have three games in Colorado. They have a few games back in California, and then they end it uh, at at GCU in Phoenix. So, uh, Nick, what do you think about the the way the the tennis season is scheduled and how how the Lumberjacks can have such a huge road trip to end the season? Yeah, it really makes no sense to me at this point. I don't. I mean. Obviously, it's it's the card of their dealt, but like six six on the road to end it is super tough because you can't even. I mean, you're on the road, you can't even go in between games and sleep in your own bed, or, you know, like make make your own food, whatever. Like it's just like it's just not a comfortable scene, and the end with six is really tough, and like the big sky really like kind of screwed them on it, I think. And if I was the tennis team, I'd be kind of mad, but like it's just what you have to do. You have to go win tennis games wherever you have to, I guess, wherever you're scheduled. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, looking at the schedule, it's not the the worst thing in the world. Like I said, they have three matches in Colorado, so they'll get to spend, you know, maybe a few days, of basically a week there, uh, having the games. So it's not like they're having to travel, you know, from one side of the country to the other in, in the span of a few days or a week or so. And they have been, you know, scheduled to where they'll, they get to be at that one spot for, for a certain time. Like they'll have two games in Irvine, California over a weekend against two schools there. And then they wrap up. They come back to at least um, they come to at least the home state in Phoenix, which is where the Big Sky Conference uh, championships take place uh, the following week. So again, I guess it's kind of ramping a, a little bit in the right direction, but at the same time, they only had a handful of home games to start off with. I mean, they started. Let's see. They started uh, on a three-game road trip uh, to start the season against uh, ASU, and then two Arizona matches. Uh, then they had a, a four-game homestead against Texas Tech. New, Western New Mexico, uh, which go, those got postponed. In fact, the Texas Tech game got postponed as well. So really, they had only a, a handful of home games, you know, enough to count on one hand. So it's really unfortunate to see. And hopefully, you know, maybe this is an example of, of a reason why that they've been struggling so much. Yeah, it's just like uh, that's that's COVID uh, striking one more time and not giving us any home games. I mean, that's really uh, what it comes down to at this point. It's just uh, chalk it up to COVID. Yeah. Well, with uh, hopefully that, uh, hopefully the uh, NEU men's tennis team can uh, continue to be on the right track. Like I said, their next match is on Wednesday, March twenty fourth at ten a.m. here in Flagstaff against Seattle University, uh, and that'll be the start of their home homestead. Well, hopefully they can start to get that momentum. And with that, that's going to do it with our talk on NEU men's tennis. When we come back, it'll be our final segment of the day. We'll talk about a team that has seen a lot of success in NEU cross country. We'll be right back. 
And we're back on the Axe on KLJX LP in Flagstaff. Over the course of the show, we talked about NEU volleyball, we talked about NEU soccer, and we talked about NEU men's tennis. Let's end it off on a high note, that being with NEU cross country, who took home their fourth national championship. Congratulations to the NEU men's cross country team. The women also came in here, came in uh, as defending champions. They placed 11th. I believe they came in around the top 10 in the uh, preseason polls. So congratulations to them to finishing out with a strong 11th place. Let's get into the championship that happened uh, over, over uh, I believe, on Monday uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, uh, where NEU used a very strong uh, alternating strategy, something you see a lot in cross country. I didn't run cross country, but I knew a lot of people who, a lot of my friends ran cross country in high school. And this is something that I heard them do a lot as well, where basically you have, you know, one guy set the pace at the start of the race, you know, maybe the first quarter of it. Uh, they're out in front leading their pack. And then, and then after that, they all switch it off to someone else, someone who can set their own pace as well, whether it be faster or slower, depending on what they decide. And they just they basically do that up until uh, around the very end. So starting off, uh, NEU started off as with uh, Blaze Fierro as their uh, as their leading runner to start off the, the race. Uh, he came in with a time of 30 minutes two se- and two seconds flat, finishing a, a total finishing in a ranking of sixth place. After that, uh, All-American senior, uh, Luis, um, again, apologies for mispronouncing his name, uh, Grealvula, uh finished in ninth place uh, with a time of 30 minutes, 10 seconds, point two. And then after that, they brought in their big guns, their closer, All-American sophomore, uh, again, mispronu- uh, I might mispronounce this. Uh, Abdihamid Nur, who came in at 30 minutes, five seconds, point three, seventh, or with seventh place. And then they did bring in their, their true closer, All American freshman Nico Young, came in with a fourth overall with a 10K time of 29 minutes, 58 seconds, point three, in his first NCAA championship event. So getting a sub 30. Congratulations to him. Uh, we talked about the cross country. Uh, you know, near the very beginnings of the show. Uh, but Nick, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, I think, like you said, when we were talking about it at the beginning of the year, we're like, yeah, they're going to win it. Like, that was it. We're just like, okay, tra- cross-country season's going on. It's another win. But then I believe way early in the year, they split a they split a meet with BYU, and we, and we, had it, we were talking about it, and we're like, uh-oh. But yeah. we're like, oh, I mean, BYU might be, like, the one team we got to look out for. But then here we are again with, like, them winning the cross country's national championship without a doubt it's just it's it's great it's really good definitely that was also something you know, we were afraid to see i think last year they they came in the runner-ups i believe i don't know i believe it was boiu i could be mistaken that had beaten them in the national championship last year so being able to come back and claim back what is true what was rightfully theirs in a national championship is great to see there uh i want to talk about a little bit about this kid nico young we talked a little about him a little on the show He's won uh, Lumberjack Athlete of the Week a few times uh, in his so far short stint here. He's still a freshman. But I didn't realize just how popular this kid was. You look at his Instagram, he has 29.5 thousand followers. He's got 29,000 followers on Instagram. So nearly 30K. That was something completely un like I had no idea. I totally unforeseen. I know he had a ton of athletes. He was a uh, Gatorade Athlete of the Year. Uh, at one point, he was obviously a huge prospect coming out of high school. But Nick, when I, when I shared you that uh, this, this is just how popular this kid was, what did you think? Yeah, when you sent that in our production meeting with uh, David, our producer, and us, it was, I, I saw it and I was like, whoa, 
because that's like those are the type of kids like that just are like uh program builders really because i mean they they have thirty thousand followers or whatever and then all their followers see if he picked nau and like i mean if you can get a couple of those i mean you don't even really need a couple of you you got him and these kids are going to see it and they're going to want to come here and that's how we stay relevant and that's how we stay at the top of the cross-country game for the rest of uh, time really yeah definitely it's great to see that you know this program has grown to be as big as it is uh and i think a lot of that has to do with the coach michael uh, michael smith who talked about nico at the end of this uh beginning of the championship saying that he knew for sure what they're going to get from the beginning of the race but you know he wasn't exactly he didn't know what to expect from nico Having with him being a freshman, having never been in such in a national championship event like this before, but he totally blew him away. He was uh, super happy to to see what he saw, and he really likes Nico going forward in this program. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, what's not to like? The kid came out as a freshman, he made All American. I mean, he just he broke records, he did great all year. So it's definitely something really exciting to see. And also in that meeting, you shared in LA LA. Uh, yeah, Los Angeles Times article, and he was saying that he's got two twin younger brothers that uh, are like sophomores or juniors now at this point. And if he can bring them in, I just can't even imagine what would happen. I mean, we already see that we have uh, a pair of twins uh, at the NEU women women's team. We have Olivia and Naya Moran, who are both uh, huge assets to that, assets to that team. Uh, we see a lot of siblings. I think obviously, you know, family connections and siblings are huge to see on college campuses in general. But especially if you can see them on a team, they certainly have a, a certain dynamic that you maybe would not be able to see uh, elsewhere. So yeah, if they're, if, you know, if it, if his brothers are truly, you know, the prospects that that Nico is, you know, I, I can certainly be a possibility. We'll just have to wait and see there. Going back to to Coach Michael Smith, uh, he was credited with winning his uh, winning. Uh, Coach of the Year honors for both the national and the regional le- level. So congratulations to him. This is the fourth time he's won the Chick Hislop Award, that being the regional Coach of the Year. And then he won his third career, Bill Doinger Award, for being uh, National Head Coach of the Year. And really, it was unanimous. There's really no argument to say that anyone else could take it, especially with such this, with quite the season that the, the Lumberjacks had. Yeah, and that's just and those awards really just go out to like the best coaches, obviously the best coaches. But when once you're winning like four national championships, or I think it was like four out of five, or something along those lines, I mean, it's uh, I'm actually kind of surprised he gets it because you know and Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and all those people they don't win Coach of the Year every year. So at this point, he's so like he's got so far ahead of everybody else that it's kind of it's still pretty cool to see him winning coach of the year at this point yeah definitely and rightfully rightfully deserving so uh he's been a huge part of this program he's even given credit to the coaches before him and eventually the coaches after him they have they have such a great thing going on here and it's such a great thing for those athletes to be able to do what they're able to do and you know shout out to you know the uh cross-country committee to be able to get uh, events like this happening especially in covid et cetera. i know uh last season had to get or like last season had to get scrapped and the year before that that's when byu uh, uh took the win over nau uh but you know congrats to the to the cross-country team uh like, like i mentioned the women's team did very well as well uh i looked at uh i looked at it here and they were projected they were ranked 26 at the preseason and they were able to come in at 11th so uh, outdoing expectations there yet again uh congratulations to them and they are again 
another one of the, the prime programs of cross country and track uh, in the country. And we're, we can expect nothing but great things from them. So congratulations to them. Now, uh, moving away from uh, moving away from cross country, I want to talk a little bit about NAU women's basketball real quick. Uh, out of nowhere, as we talked about last week, uh, they played in the Big Sky Tournament, lost in the quarterfinals. Out of nowhere, they got invited to play in the Women's Invitational Basketball Tournament at uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky. They had their first game of the season there, of the tournament there tonight against, um, <clears throat> they had their first game against uh, Florida International University, where they were able to take the win 82-69. Moving on in the tournament, they will take on uh, the University of Portland Women's Basketball tomorrow in the semifinals. Congratulations to them. Uh, Kyrie Rashid was the uh, Alps Electric Player of the Game with 29 points and 14 rebounds, including a 12 of 16 from the field. So congratulations to her getting that double-double. And we'll see any women's basketball take on uh, University of Portland tomorrow in the semifinals. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know they were playing. That's great. Yeah, this is. it was something that I certainly wasn't expecting. It was like I, I'd seen the, the uh, alert come out on NEU Athletics. You know, I thought their season was done. Then all of a sudden they get they get uh, invited to play in this in this invitational, which unfortunately has a paywall behind it. I believe it's like twenty five dollars to watch the whole tournament, mm-hmm. and then you can there's like different uh, fees for specific games and whatnot. So uh, that was unfortunate to see, but even still, it's great to see uh, any of you get recognized and be able to play in this tournament and be able to come out strong, uh, winning in the first game. And you know maybe we'll get to see a run uh, in this in this little mini tournament of eight teams as well. Uh, they play in the semifinal against Portland tomorrow. And if they win that, they'll move on to the championship game on Sunday. So keep an eye out for that on NAU Athletics. Yeah, if they make a if they make a little run here, it's, and it gets to show like kind of the rest of the United States what uh, NAU uh, women's basketball is all about. What we've seen for the last couple of weeks, showing like how they can win some games and stuff. And we knew they were kind of hot heading into the Big Sky tournament, and it didn't quite work out for them. But they're still playing pretty well, obviously. So let's see what they can do in this thing. Definitely. So congratulations to them. We'll keep an eye out for them. Now, before we end the show, let's get in to the Axotap. All right. So like we mentioned, uh, NEU Women's Basketball has got their match against Portland uh, tomorrow. Uh, you can catch that. Uh, like I said, through the paywall. Uh, there's a link on NEU Athletics. I believe uh, uh, CAF uh, Radio is also going to be having that as well. Uh, Track is going to be having an event at the Willie Williams Classic in Tucson. Uh, that event, I believe, will be going on for a few days. Track also has uh, an event at UNLV. It's, it's an outdoor meet in Las Vegas. Uh, Women's Swim, uh, the NCAA Championships for Women's Swim are continuing in Greensboro, North Carolina. Women's Golf will be hosting the Red Rocks Invitational in Sedona, Arizona, that being at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday. And Women's Tennis will look to do exactly what Men's Tennis did, and that is beat Sacramento State, uh, that being Saturday at 12 p.m. Now, let's get into Sunday. Uh, if the women's basketball team were able to win that game, they would be in the championship for this Invitational uh, on Sunday. Women's golf, the Red Rocks Invitational continues. And women's soccer, well, they'll have that rematch, the rematch against Southern Utah uh, at 11 a.m. in Cedar City, Utah, looking to uh, sweep them in their little weekend series that they had. Now, let's skip ahead a few days. Going on to Wednesday, only one event for you on Wednesday, that being men's tennis, hosting Seattle University, like we said. That being at 10 a.m., this being their first of three straight home games. Skipping ahead a little bit again, men's tennis will take on Idaho State here in Flagstaff on Friday, same time, 10 a.m. And women's soccer will also be here as well, taking on Idaho State at 1 p.m. But don't go anywhere just yet. 
Same day, same team, Women's Tennis takes on Idaho State as well. That being here at Flagstaff at 2 p.m. And with that, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for listening in. Once again, I want to thank Arthur Ma for being here. And Nick, awesome having you here as well. Any last words? Yeah, it's another great show. Another action-packed week of NAU sports. I'm ready to see it. Ready to cover it and ready to talk about it. That's what I like to hear. Of course, you can find coverage on all things NEU Athletics, uh, on NEU Athletics as well as K, uh, or as the Lumberjack. Just go to jackshunter.org, click on the sports tab, and you'll see a ton of recaps there uh, as well. Going back to who knows how long. Uh, you have to see some recaps from me. You'll see a recap from Nick. He's also set to cover the the Sunday game, uh, Sunday soccer game against Southern Utah. So hopefully it's, it's a good one there. So he'll have something good to write about. And you'll see some other uh, other writers writing stuff as well for the Lumberjack. But with that, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.